Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go Beyond the Bell. Have you ever experienced that one defining moment in life? That extraordinary event that captures your heart and lives in your soul until the day you die. For these men and women, WrestleMania is that moment. A 20-foot ring of canvas and steel is their stage and their battlefield. For some, it feels like home. Once inside these ropes, a moment can last for a lifetime. The reward for success can be great, but the price of failure is always devastating. It is on this grand stage called WrestleMania, where dreams become reality, athletes forge legacies, mortals become legends. This is the story of one WrestleMania, two days in the lives of a few very different people heading in different directions, bonded by a common passion. Each year, this is the one event that changes lives forever. For some, it's the culmination of a lifelong dream, and for at least one, the dream will end. Welcome back, wrestling fans. We have now entered the month of March, and that means only one thing. It is WrestleMania month here at Beyond the Bell via the SNS Radio Network. I'm your host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman, back with you to bring you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. We rewind and relive retro wrestling here at Beyond the Bell. March has come, and it's WrestleMania season. Therefore, WrestleMania month is going to kick off with unbelievable retro programming for you as we look back at the history of the granddaddy of them all, the Super Bowl of professional wrestling, WrestleMania. This month, we will feature in-depth topics that relive the greatest and worst in WrestleMania history. This month, you will see, or should I say listen to, 10 hours of WrestleMania-themed audio. Let's break down what you're going to hear this month. The facts and stats of WrestleMania. We look at Macho Mania, the feuds of Randy Savage that made him so popular at the historic event known as WrestleMania. We look back at a retro show, the first ever edition at Beyond the Bell, as we'll replay the WrestleMania Dream Card. The rules are simple, which I'll mention, involve the greatest performers in WrestleMania history. And it was the first edition of Beyond the Bell, replayed, remastered for you fans, the WrestleMania Dream Card. The Horseman Files have kicked off, and this month we'll look at 
1986 year, the inaugural naming year, should I say, of the Horsemen. We focused on 85 previously, and now we get into the meat and potatoes. The Horsemen are actually formed in 1986, and this is to celebrate their induction into the 2012 Hall of Fame. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, we'll look back in a special edition at the class of 2012 WWE Hall of Fame. We'll look back at the induction class and the impact they've made in the world of professional wrestling. We'll also look at the stories of WrestleMania hidden behind each and every passing year, the true backstage stories that took place at this extravaganza. We'll also focus in and target the streak and what it means to professional wrestling fans. Also, we'll look at my own personal WrestleMania moments. Not to mention, we preview WrestleMania 28 in Miami as it's coming up in just a few short days. All this and more on the WrestleMania theme month for Beyond the Bell. So this first edition will kick off WrestleMania, the best and worst of the biggest event of the year. Tonight, we'll look back at the greatest and worst WrestleManias in history and the matches that were some of the all-time favorites and some of the ones you like to forget. So we have an exciting show for you fans, so buckle up for a WrestleMania retro-themed edition of Beyond the Bell. March 31st, 1985. A night where one man's vision gave rise to a worldwide phenomenon. Welcome to With that now familiar refrain, the world of sports and entertainment changed forever. WWE was thrust into the mainstream with an uncanny combination of brains, brawn, and one all-or-nothing gamble. In the 1980s, WWE superstars, including Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper, were mainstream media icons. All that was needed was a grand stage, a showcase for the greatest entertainment on the planet, emanating from the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. It was called WrestleMania. From the onset, it was a spectacle. 25,000 on their feet to greet this unbelievable entourage. Unbelievable, the greatest thing I've ever seen. Ali stepping through the ring ropes to a standing ovation. Oh, I love it. Look at this, Jess. This amalgam of athletes and entertainers was something never seen before. Woodstock was to rock and roll what WrestleMania is to wrestling, Gino. In one magical night, an idea gave rise to a tradition that has been passed on from generation to generation. And for the past 25 years, it's been a homecoming for WWE fans and superstars throughout the world. Welcome to WrestleMania! WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year, and the fans have very high expectations for this year's event, especially with the return of the people champion, The Rock. 
These are just the events that exceeded the fans' expectations and are the benchmarks by which other WrestleMania events are judged by. These will rank the top 10 WrestleManias of all time. Subject to change, subject to opinion. These are some of my my favorites. We'll just throw out 10. I know lists and wrestling is kind of a controversial combination. What is the criteria for this list? Bring announcer Sean Beckerman. Has the WrestleMania stood the test of time? Were there many must-see matches on the show? Did the event produce any iconic moments? Did the event change the course of wrestling history? All this I look at in terms of what makes an all-time great WrestleMania. So let's kick off our top ten with WrestleMania 3. 1987. There are many classic films, a few memorable Super Bowls, and a plethora of record-breaking athletic achievements. But there is one happening that holds a firm place in the Mount Rushmore of entertainment main events of the 20th century. Welcome to the And welcome to WrestleMania 3! In a world indoor record that stands to this day... to this once-in-a-lifetime event. And Alice Cooper's inside. Oh, Damien got him. This colossal spectacle captured the imagination of the entire world. The champion still in control. Now a small package by the dragon. They got him. Ricky the dragon, Steve the new Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. When WrestleMania 3 comes to mind, one exhortation reigns forever. Hulk. Andre. Like Ali Frazier or Bird and Magic, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant personified their industry. I'm there for one reason to challenge you for a world championship match in the WrestleMania. You got 93,173 standing on their feet for this one, Gorilla. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Hogan's giving it everything he's got right here. Oh, he dropped, he dropped the big guy. At WrestleMania 3, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant slammed their way to the forefront of the world's collective conscious. Look at this. He's landed. I don't believe it. Hulk dropping a big leg. Over for the cover. It's over. History made here in the Silverdome, part of WrestleMania 3. The foundation had been laid. The enormity of WrestleMania 3 set the tone for many of the record-breaking, history-making WrestleManias that were to follow. This is the event that made WrestleMania what it is today. The show featured a then-record-setting crowd for the most fans at a wrestling event and featured two matches that every wrestling fan needed to see at least once. The match between Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Randy Savage for the Intercontinental Championship is arguably the greatest match the company had seen ever in the 80s. The main event bout between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant was the most anticipated bout in wrestling history. The ending of the match where Hulk Hogan slammed Andre in the most icon- is one of the most iconic moments in WrestleMania history.
Like Al Snow said it, even though Steamboat and Savage was the best technical match, Andre Hogan is what drew people into the stadium, and what that's what made it the best match of the card. People came to see Hogan slam Andre. Therefore, you cannot argue that WrestleMania 3 set the precedence of a big-time event in professional wrestling. We saw WrestleMania X7, WrestleMania 17. On a match-by-match basis, this might be the, the best card in WrestleMania history. There are two big reasons why this event ranks second on this list, even if it's slightly better if you did a match-by-match comparison. The first is because there is only one match from the show which made the top 10 WrestleMania mo- matches, as opposed to WrestleMania 3, which featured two matches on the best of list. The other is that while WrestleMania 3 provided wrestling fans with the most iconic moment of the decade, this event didn't even, fe- didn't even feature the most memorable moment of the week. The actual moment that, that was rede- redefined wrestling, or the moments that you w- will remember forever, took place a few days earlier when Shane McMahon appeared on WCW Monday Nitro while Vince was in a WWE ring on Monday Night Raw and both shows were being simulcast on the USA Network and TNT at the same time. That was an iconic moment, but WrestleMania 17 pound for pound had the best lineup, especially which was capped off with The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWF Championship. For The Rock, WrestleMania 19 is a homecoming. 
The business that made him an international icon also opened the door to Hollywood stardom. And the people's champion kicked it down. Now, The Rock is torn between his new passion and his first love. A lot of people ask me, why do you want to go back? You don't need to do that. He was a seven-time WWE champion. Wow. It's not about the money. It's about my passion. I never thought, well, I want to take Hulk Hogan's place. Not only do I want to take Hulk Hogan's place, I want to be better. Plus, I got stunt doubles in Hollywood. Here, it's me kicking ass. Rock, as popular as he is, was never quite stone-cold Steve Austin. Tell everybody we're sports entertainment or whatever, you know, but anything I do or say, you know, in that ring to me is 110% real. And I feel this and I love it. That's why I was put on the face of the earth. And that's what I love to do. Yeah, it's been a blast, but it never figured it would have happened. I just want to be a wrestler, but I want to be the top guy. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the superstar, is at ease performing before millions. But Steve Williams, the man, always keeps to himself. A few months before WrestleMania 19, Austin shocked everyone by leaving WWE without warning. He later cited creative differences, but that wasn't the whole truth. Austin hid the fact that he was in constant pain, and on a personal level, things were even worse. His third marriage was breaking up. After the dust had settled on his divorce, Austin was anxious to return to the one place he felt most at home. But after an eight-month absence, his return caused some resentment in the locker room. And the way he left here uh, months ago was not the way that he does business. He had a lot of things he wanted to make right. Good work. Good to see you. How you feeling, all right? Yeah. 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 While Austin mended some broken fences, his body was another issue. A neck injury back in 1997 started a domino effect. I'm pretty much at the end of my rope. I can't, I can't take uh, very much more. I'm not supposed to take it uh, very much more. I'm not even supposed to get knocked down. I'm not supposed to have any whiplash effect on my neck. Of course, I don't need any of that. That's an actual load. That's a big no-no. I've got a lot of problems with my legs. I'm hyper-reflexive in my lower extremities. I didn't want anybody to know about my health problems because I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm not supposed to be hurt. Despite the pain... His heart was still willing, but his body was not. It was time to finally face the whole truth. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow's it. It's like the shirt I'm wearing, you know, in the ring, it says bulletproof. And I feel bulletproof, but then when the adrenaline wears off and I go back to being Steve Williams, and I think, well, you know, you, you're flapping your gums about doing some more matches. I don't have any business being in the ring. A loner by nature... Austin chose to bow out quietly. He told no one that WrestleMania 19 would be his last match. Really, who cares? You know, no one's going to feel sorry for me. No one's going to sit there and say, you know, God, you know, Stone Cold is his last match, you know. It's entertainment. Entertainment is a machine. This is wrestling. Your gear and the machine work. I understand the system. I know how the system works. That's why I don't want any sympathy. I'm a gear that got used up. You pull this gear off, you put me in a pile of old gears, you put a new gear in, and the machine keeps rolling. All it means is a spot's opened up. You know, someone else have a chance to, to do what I've done. And that's, that's the, the brass tacks of it. I was good, and I'm, you know, I was very successful for the company. I can't be that guy anymore. That's the part that sucks. Now, they put the emotion back in it. Oh, man, 
and I love this place. It just, uh, I'll, I'll hate to, to step out of the ring, and and uh, I have so many great memories. And like with Mr. McMahon, I mean, I'd do anything for that guy. You know, damn near anything for him. You know, because of uh, you know my gratitude for, for for everything he's done for me, my relationship with him. I can sit there and act like uh, I'm a gear, but when if you want to put the emotion back into it, I mean. I'll do just about anything for this company. I am Sunday, you know. All Austin ever wanted was to be a wrestler. He became the biggest superstar of all time. Now, he just wanted to have one great last match. But the business he loved was about to exact one last toll. It's a hard business to get out of. I'm being forced out, you know. That's just the way it is. Those are the cards I got dealt. I got a bunch of, got a bunch, bunch of problems, so... My biggest deal is tomorrow, I don't want to get hurt, but <laughs> I keep rolling the dice, keep rolling the dice, keep rolling the dice. I don't want to get hurt, but I don't want to stink the joint out. That's my biggest concern about tomorrow. A few hours after this interview, Austin returned to his hotel room. Moments later, he placed a frantic phone call for help. His close friend, Jim Ross, was there. We took Steve to the hospital in an ambulance. Uh, his clonus, uh, involuntary uh, jumping of his legs, really gotten out of control. His heart rate was on a heart attack level. He thought he was dying. Stone Cold thought he was uh, had come to Seattle to die. WrestleMania 19 in 2003. This was a solid show that featured almost everything one could want in a wrestling event. A big-time main event featuring legitimate amateur wrestlers in Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, which ended with a memorable and scary moment. It also featured the first three-time match in WrestleMania history as Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock battled in what turned out to be Steve Austin's final match as a full-time wrestler. For fans interested in any nostalgia, and you have to be if you're listening to Beyond the Bell, you know... The most hyped match on the show was an interesting battle between Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan that featured Roddy Piper making a surprise appearance, his return, making his return to the Federation. And with all of these great things going on, a mid-card match added between Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels stole the show. So this mania will go down as one of the most underrated manias of all time. They're really the first one of the brand extension, but this is where we truly saw how how deep the roster was back then in the World Wrestling Federation. And this WrestleMania will forever be known as one of the best pound-for-pound, match-by-match shows of all time. 20 years ago, one man had a vision It began here, and it would change our world. Welcome to WrestleMania! As the vision grew, we cheered it on. Stood in awe. Held onto our seats. History has been made! And gave up our hearts. The boyhood dream has come true! We watched with utter disbelief. Stunned silence. The Austin era has begun. And sheer amazement. But above all, we've been inspired and enriched by the vision. Welcome to WrestleMania! 
Sometimes things are so special in your life that words cannot explain. The history alone in that place makes Madison Square Garden special. My family's gonna come there. My wife, my mom, my dad, my daughter. Everything that I've ever wanted out of life comes down to this one day, this one short period of time. My passion, the thing you dream about and consumes you. People are gonna remember this forever. People will say, you know, that match was worth coming back for. You haven't lived, you haven't breathed until you've danced at WrestleMania. Tonight will be like no other. Tonight is the showcase of the immortals. They will achieve the impossible and forge new beginnings. Tonight, men will hunt down their dreams. Tonight, no one holds back. And tonight is where it all begins. Again. WrestleMania 20 in 2004. This event might have been ranked even higher except for the fact that the triumphant ending to the show is now one of the saddest moments in wrestling history and will never be seen again in WWE television. For years, Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero were two wrestlers that were never able to make it to the top of the sport and this show ended with both men in the ring celebrating together as the two biggest champions in the company along with Nancy and Daniel Benoit. Tragically, all four of them have now passed, and that moment of triumph was played over and over again by the media when covering the Benoit family tragedy. Even if you watch this show without watching the main event, you still have an incredible show that featured the WrestleMania debuts of John Cena, Batista, and Randy Orton, as well as the final matches in the WWE at the time for The Rock, Brock Lesnar, and Goldberg. Speaking of those two men, their match, which we'll talk about, was horrible and provided the most surreal moment in wrestling history and in WrestleMania history, as the fan reaction to this match is something that every fan should see at least once. Amazing. After two dazzling decades, WrestleMania 20 returned to where it all began. This is Madison Square Garden. This long-running, record-breaking Broadway blockbuster had it all from love. Oh, my goodness. I want you to be telling my puppy. No, they're barking. They're barking. <laughs> to betrayal. It was also a night of stunning endings. This is where John Cena made his WrestleMania debut. You got the franchise player on the Super Bowl stage. 
and the stage was set. John would capture his first championship at WrestleMania 20, skyrocketing him to the ultimate heights of WWE superstardom. The champ had arrived. And WrestleMania 20 is where the incorrigible Eddie Guerrero outsmarted an Olympic champion. The boot went flying! His boot came off! Look at this! Small package! One, two, And now the back five of the top ten. I'm throwing a curveball at you fans. We said this was the best and worst of WrestleMania, so we went one through five. Best WrestleManias. Now, we're not going to go six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, we're looking at one through five, the worst WrestleManias of all time. WrestleMania, of course, is the biggest show of the year. So, why wouldn't we not talk about best shows coinciding with the worst shows of the illustrious event. Just like there have been great Super Bowls and very terrible Super Bowls. You have good ones and you have bad ones. Now let's work on the top five. In my opinion, again, arguably, you can throw which ones you like, which ones you don't like. This isn't set in stone, fans. Again, less than wrestling. Don't bite the hand. I'm just going over nostalgia, and this time looking at the worst WrestleManias of all time. Las Vegas was transformed into ancient Rome, and WrestleMania 9 welcomed Caesar himself as one of the most colorful WrestleManias began. The late great Gorilla Monsoon gave the proverbial thumbs up. Well, plenty of exciting and unexpected things happening here at this WrestleMania 9. And the spectacle commenced. Taking a stroll from ancient Rome, the world's largest toga party featured WWE announcers and superstars in some of the most provocative, bizarre, yet memorable moments of all time. I've never experienced anything in my life as we are experiencing right here. The legendary Hulk Hogan returned to the WWE with a reception befitting a triumphant Caesar. What electricity! You can feel it running through your body here! Although a triumvirate of titles were at stake this night, it was the WWE Championship that captivated the thirsty throng. The gargantuan gladiator and the valiant warrior fought bravely until... Bret Hart's got the sharpshooter on Yokozuna! He threw something right in his eyes! Yokozuna's won the title! We've got a new champion! Here comes the holster! With blessings from the vanquished heart, Hogan demolished Yokozuna in a blink of an unsalted eye. All right, the eyes of Yokozuna! Hogan to the cover! No! Victoria Fortis Volkart, a triumphant WrestleManius Maximus. WrestleMania 9 in 1993. While WrestleMania has produced many must-see matches, there is not a single match on this show that you would even recommend going out of your way to watch. Yes, I'd say look at the event for the pure aesthetic purposes or the just the way it looked, because everyone was wearing togas, it was outside, it was different. One of the threads that has held many WrestleMania events together is the Undertaker's undefeated streak. Especially now, it's looked at as one of the main events of WrestleMania, if not the top match of the event. 
while The Undertaker didn't lose his match to Giant Gonzalez. Everyone that witnessed the match, it did. The show was not viewed as a success when it happened, and age has not made this event any better. Nostalgia doesn't help this event at all. There is, however, one piece of revisionist history that you can clear up about this event. The show is generally panned for the appearance of Hulk Hogan at the end of the show. The truth is that the title victory was the only part of the show where the audience went crazy and that allowed them to go home happy after sitting through this this horrible event. If you watch this event, which I'm not saying you should, you will see the audience rather distraught, disappointed about Bret Hart's loss, but totally ecstatic when Hulk Hogan won the championship. For a quarter century, WrestleMania has redefined entertainment. Welcome to the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time. Welcome to WrestleMania! On April 7th, 1986, WrestleMania 2 pushed the industry's creative and technical limits to the max. This place is popping! Emanating simultaneously from New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles, three sold-out venues held three main events. It's just wonderful. It's just incredible. Celebrities, athletes, and entertainers lined up in droves to be a part of the second annual worldwide phenomenon. nineteen eighty six's television tough guy mister t and resident hothead rowdy roddy piper had a mutual disrespect for one another not my idea to be talking right before a big fight i don't like to do a lot of talking my fist gonna do the talking in the ring if mister t can knock me out in this fight right here i would quit and retire professional wrestling i would quit diddlywink i would quit dating girls in a foreshadowing of celebrity superstar brawls to come, rules were meant to be broken. Oh, oh, wait a minute! I knew this was coming. The main event featured the gargantuan King Kong Bundy squaring off against the legendary Hulk Hogan for the WWE Championship in the one and only steel cage match in WrestleMania history. If WrestleMania 1 broke new ground for entertainment, then WrestleMania 2 completely shattered it. WrestleMania 2 in 1986. Unlike the previous event, there were a few good matches on the show, but you had to go through a lot of garbage to actually get to them. The first part of the event which took place at the National Coliseum, which I was there with my dad, had no redeeming qualities, and the fans that saw the event, including myself and my dad, had the worst WrestleMania experience in regard to the quality of matches they saw in person. You, can, you compare three sites. WrestleMania 2 was run three different locations, as we all know. And it was Chicago... Los Angeles, and then New York, of course, Long Island, the Nassau Coliseum. So when you compare the three cities together, the Nassau Coliseum, Long Island, had the lesser of the three cards total in terms of quality. The only thing that we really lucked out on was that we were spared with the 
atrocious commentary provided by Susan St. James. Terrible. The most historic thing to happen at the show was Refrigerator Perry eliminating B. John Stud from the Battle Royal and the debut of the Big Blue Steel Cage. Unlike the previous shows, there was one match on this event you might want to actually check out. The match between the British Bulldogs and the Dream Team was the runner-up for the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Match of the Year. So I would suggest to check that one out. But overall, WrestleMania 2 was a disappointment in terms of quality of matches. This was more so, I think, accomplished for the sheer fact of having a second WrestleMania and having it emanate from three different locations. Still, was an important event in history. Not to say the quality of the event was that good, but the the prestige of having the second WrestleMania meant more to professional wrestling than the actual matches in the event did. After witnessing the majesty of WrestleMania 3 firsthand, entrepreneur extraordinaire Donald Trump mastered a mega deal for the ages. For the first and only time, a single venue hosted back-to-back extravaganzas. WrestleMania 4 and 5 from Trump Plaza. 14 superstars battled through a grueling tournament for a chance at the vacated WWE Championship. Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant were the favorites to win the vacated WWE Championship. But this night was destined to belong to another. It is official right now. Both men have been disqualified. That means they're both eliminated. They're both gone. They're both gone. Never one to shy away from the spotlight, Macho Man Randy Savage seized the moment. Nothing is going to stop. One here for the mega powers from going all the way to the end. After three impressive victories, Savage made it to the finals and would have to negotiate his way past a well-rested million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. With Hulk Hogan as partner, these mega powers would seem an unstoppable force in the WWE. Oh, but what a difference a year makes. True to his name, Macho Man was not very open-minded regarding Hogan's budding friendship with the lovely Miss Elizabeth. At WrestleMania 5, the mega powers were about to explode. This is what we've all been waiting for. This is truly what the word main event was meant for. With a patented Hulk up and leg drop, Hulk Hogan sealed the deal and became a two-time WWE champion. In 1988, we saw WrestleMania IV. The show was given the nickname of WrestleMania Boar. I've heard it on, on sites. You talk to inside marks, inside fans, smart fans, smarks they call them. They call it WrestleMania Boar. This, again, was another WrestleMania that I was lucky to be a part of and was there. The reason why they call it the WrestleMania Boar was that 
it was a very long and drawn-out show that didn't feature any really must-see matches. The marquee theme of the pay-per-view was the tournament to crown a new World Wrestling Federation champion. Granted, I like the tournament idea. I love the King of the Ring concept. I like the idea of having a one-night, you know, 16-man tournament to crown uh, a King of the Ring, a champion, but some matches that were combined to make up this tournament didn't really fit the caliber of a WrestleMania match. To make matters worse... The show went against the first Clash of the Champions event on WTBS. That's a future Beyond the Bell where we're going to look back at the Clash and the history and the stories behind the Clash. The first Clash was featured on WTBS and was battling head-to-head against WrestleMania. That show, which was free for cable customers, was significantly better and more historically relevant than WrestleMania 4. That show featured Sting battling Nature Boy Ric Flair to a time limit draw in a match that made Sting a main event superstar and player in professional wrestling. The historic moment of WrestleMania 4 was Randy Savage winning the title tournament to win the vacant WWF Championship. If you really want to see Randy Savage win the title at WrestleMania, I would recommend watching WrestleMania 8 instead of WrestleMania 4. Much better match. So, again, different concept. First time in Atlantic City. Back-to-back years. It was going to be held in, in Atlantic City for 4 and 5. The innovative concept of a complete 16-man tournament taking place at WrestleMania. You had celebrities. Bob Euchre. Um, you had the Wheel of Fortune fame. Vanna White. You had other stars that were at WrestleMania 4 giving you that giving it that special Super Bowl-like feel, but the match quality, again, like we mentioned previously, wasn't the best. You saw Andre versus Hogan. Terrible ending, no contest, both men disqualified. The best moment of that event, I'd say, was Macho Man Randy Savage holding up Elizabeth with the WWF Championship. WrestleMania 11 in 1995. On any given Sunday, anything can happen in the WWE. It's Hollywood! It's unbelievable athleticism! But this wasn't just any Sunday. It's the greatest spectacle in sports entertainment! This was WrestleMania 11. Lawrence Taylor, a football champion, was lured onto this unfamiliar battleground by a scheming behemoth. No pads, no helmets, just me and you! I'm going to have me some fun come WrestleMania. As the New York Giants swaggered boisterously to the squared circle, a curtain of muscle formed a menacing tableau at ringside. A constant reminder, there would be no surrender. A fierce clash of brute force ensued. Without protection of pads nor helmet, the gridiron warrior seemed outmatched. Things not looking good for Lawrence Taylor. I think Bam Bam could probably beat him anytime he wants to, but he wants to show the world he's making a statement. Suddenly, a Niagara of blue and black poured down. He caught him! The clarion call of the final bell signaled the end for Bam Bam. Unbelievable! 
So, for people that have been lucky enough, myself, I've been a part of many WrestleManias. Eight myself. I've been a part of eight extraordinary WrestleMania events. I call them extraordinary because I was a part and there to witness the event, even though, like I mentioned, some WrestleManias, you could forget that I attended, but each one was special in their own right, and we'll go into more of that on another edition of Beyond the Bell, my WrestleMania moments. But nevertheless, you know, I've been lucky enough to attend eight WrestleManias, so I'm able to look back at from a different perspective at certain events that I found special. WrestleMania 11 was one of the events that I was not able to attend because the previous year, WrestleMania 10, was in Madison Square Garden. I live in the tri-state area. WrestleMania 11, a little bit out of my territory. So I was so looking forward to attending once again because you're in you're in the WrestleMania mode. I was there the year previous. So right off the bat, WrestleMania 11 was not as special to me don't get me wrong, every WrestleMania is special, but this one hit a little bit harder because I missed going to the event after having a great time at WrestleMania 10. The most amazing thing that you could take away from the experience of WrestleMania 11 was the fact that the audience was loud. It was a great reaction, great great crowd for the event. And especially when you look back at the iconic moments they replay in WrestleMania history. Kevin Nash powerbombing Shawn Michaels, Lawrence Taylor taking on Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, those historic camera shots or moments are special in WrestleMania history, but as far as the event goes, it wasn't that good. The show is best remembered for featuring LT, of course, wrestling Bam Bam in a surprisingly, you know, not terrible match. If that makes any sense. At least least didn't stink up the joint. LT gave an okay performance for someone that hasn't wrestled ever and was a, a football player or a different sport athlete that transitioned for a one night only. You know, we saw Robin do it one or two, a couple times. Dennis, uh, uh, we saw Dennis Robin, like I said, we saw, uh, Carl Malone, you know, many other. Celebrities, Jay, don't let me start with Jay Leno. That's not even an athlete. But we saw many other athletes try to jump inside the squared circle to battle against professional wrestlers. LT in the modern day era of the 90s set a new trend for actual big time stars stepping inside the squared circle. You know, at first, when I saw the interaction between Bam Bam and LT, I thought it was real. You know, the, it, it got that emotion out of me. If you look back at the card, there was only one good match, pretty good match, on the show. While the title match between Diesel and HBK won the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Award for Match of the Year, there had more, you'd say that had more to do with just how bad 95 was, I think, in terms of match quality. Diesel and Sean will go on to have a much better match a year later at Good Friends, Better Enemies where the two of them square off again. And it was, I think, a better quality match. I'll try to find that. I think it may be on YouTube, um, the second match between HBK and Diesel. But 
you could say that was the the marquee match in terms of quality, professional wrestling enjoyment. The media savvy match, of course, LT Bam Bam that made an impression on the local or national media, rather, with having LT's presence in a WrestleMania event. It gave it again in the '90s again that big time feel. Towards WrestleMania seven, eight, nine, that range, it kind of died down in terms of national exposure. You know, even after six with the Warrior winning, it didn't garner that Super Bowl type of attention. WrestleMania eleven brought that back with LT's presence to where it seemed to be more of a mainstream media form of an event. So it started to get back on that field. So we'll give WrestleMania eleven that credit, but. If you look back at the card, none, none of the other matches really made that big of an impression on, you could say, WrestleMania history in general or WWF, WWE history. So you could say that was a disappointing WrestleMania uh, when comparing it to other WrestleManias and the prestige that WrestleMania brings to sports entertainment. WrestleMania 2000. WrestleMania 16, a.k.a. WrestleMania 2000, was another, I'd say, uninspired event. It's the greatest spectacle in sports entertainment. This is WrestleMania. I want y'all to get up for us, This is Pimp or Die. Pimp or Die, baby. Pimpin' ain't pimpin' ain't easy, man. I, for one, I'd say my own personal experiences was was holding a big WrestleMania party at my house with all my friends and family there and just being disappointed 
at the quality and the content and the outcome of the matches. The main event alone, we'll get into, was frustrating itself, a four-way contest, but I remember that day specifically because they had this the first time ever, and I was really excited for this, is an all-day access ticket to WrestleMania and the history of WrestleMania. Starting at 12 noon, you were able to watch the preview show of WrestleMania, where they go through the entire history, 1 through 15, the history of WrestleMania and the impact it made on the sport or the business of sports entertainment and professional wrestling, which I was so excited for. My friend, my best friend came over at 12 noon right on the dot. I woke up at 11.58. That's when I used to sleep in in the afternoons when I was a teenager, of course, and got ready to watch all day of WrestleMania. I was so psyched. You watch all day prep, pumping and being prepped for WrestleMania. Then WrestleMania 2000 comes out, and it was a disappointment, to say the least. It's supposed to be the show where wrestlers settle their long-standing grudges with one another. It's supposed to be the, the finale, the ending of a season. Unfortunately, the booking for the show was too cute for its own good. This event featured only one singles match. One singles match. And that match was a cat fight between Terry Runnels and the cat. They tried to throw every star on the show. It was overbooked to a T. I'd say it could be more of an overbook than WrestleMania 10, which we'll get into in the stories of WrestleMania. The main event was a four-way elimination match, like I mentioned earlier, where the focus was more on the McMahon family rather than the in-ring competitors. McFoley was so embarrassed by his performance in the match that it became a focal point of his future WrestleMania feud with Edge, where Mick was seeking his first great WrestleMania moment, which he did not receive in WrestleMania 2000. To add insult to injury, according to Chris Jericho's second book, the original artwork for this event featured Jericho instead of McFoley, along with the other three men in the main event. There was one great match on this card, though. The latter match between the Dudleys, Hardys, and Edge and Christian won the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Match of the Year award. Unfortunately, the match the following year also won the, this award and was far better than this one was. So WrestleMania 2000, again, was one of the most underwhelming WrestleManias in history. So that will round up our top 10. Again, we threw a curveball at you fans here, WrestleMania month. Top 10 WrestleManias, top 5 worst, top 5 best. Again, lists, they are subject to change, are subject to revision. But when just looking over WrestleManias for this show specifically, I want to mention the 5 that I found to be great, the five I found to be terrible. You can mix and match. I'm sure throughout the rest of the month I'll be talking about other WrestleManias that I would classify as one of my favorites. So don't hold me to these are my strict top five. I thought they were just some great best and worst of WrestleManias to talk about and celebrate the best and worst of the granddaddy of them all, the Super Bowl of the year in professional wrestling, WrestleMania. I've often been asked, what's the greatest WrestleMania moment ever? To me, the biggest WrestleMania moment 
in history is... Without a doubt, WrestleMania 10. WrestleMania 22. WrestleMania 6. Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. WrestleMania 3. I mean, you're talking about 25 years. The first WrestleMania was such a mind-boggling thing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WrestleMania. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, WrestleMania 3. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Everybody that lived and breathed was a Hulk Hogan fan. Look at this! It's I rooted for Andre the Giant. WrestleMania 4. When Macho Man Randy Savage won a tournament, I was hooked on wrestling. It's over! Going to WrestleMania 6 and seeing Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and feeling the electricity that was in that building that day. Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. That ladder match was just so innovative. For the first time ever at a WrestleMania, a ladder match. No, no, no! Oh! Brett versus Owen. Every single WrestleMania that I've been in, Rock and Hogan. Two icons facing each other. I think it all Stone Cold's great matches. The Austin era has begun! Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart Iron Man match. WrestleMania 12, the first WWE Championship. The boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels. So, wrestling fans, as we continue with our best and worst of WrestleMania, celebrating our WrestleMania month here by Beyond the Bell, ten over ten hours of professional wrestling WrestleMania-themed audio for you fans in the month of March. Exciting Beyond the Bell programming for the rest of the month. We'll kick things off again with our second segment of the best and worst of WrestleMania as we look back at the top ten greatest WrestleMania matches. Again, subject to change, subject to revision. In my opinion, these are just great matches to talk about. WrestleMania has had some of the greatest matches in, in wrestling history. Okay, let's admit that. People have compiled lists of greatest and worst matches, but we need to compare or analyze what would make a great match that would stand the test of time in WrestleMania lore. Granted, You'll be re- you'll be hearing once again. We're going to replay, remaster the first ever Beyond the Bell episode where we where we had the WrestleMania Dream Card. The rules w- which I made for the Dream Card were you can only one use one superstar once in the card, and has to be from a match taking place in any prior year WrestleMania. So it was a great card that I compiled of my favorite matches, where we fit it into an actual dream card of what you could look forward to if you had all the greatest superstars in one locker room for one night. So I definitely suggest to re-listen or listen for the first time the remastered, rebroadcasted WrestleMania dream card. So that's coming up for the month of March. The remastered, redistributed, rebroadcast WrestleMania dream card edition coming for you fans in the month of March, so stay tuned for that. That takes part of our 10 hours of audio, 10 shows in March, celebrating WrestleMania Month. Growing up, going to WrestleMania 6 and seeing Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and feeling the electricity that was in that building that day, it was tangible, almost. It's the ultimate challenge, title for title. The Hulkster putting his title on the line against the Ultimate Warrior. 
Growing up, it was just me and my mom, single-parent family. There wasn't a lot of extra money floating around, but my mom knew how badly I needed to go to WrestleMania 6. She sat there right with me through thick and thin, always been there and supported this crazy dream. I think by that point, she already knew. She's like, okay, this is what he's going to do. I'm going to support it with everything, every fiber of her being, because she knew every fiber of my being wanted this. Edge is a man who could become a legend tonight. The WrestleMania moment that had the biggest effect on me personally was standing face-to-face across the ring from The Undertaker. On the way to the ring, my arms were actually numb. I've never been that amped up before probably in my entire life and I was just hoping that the feeling would come back to my arms because if not I was going to be in a lot of trouble what we're watching right now is nothing short of unbelievable words don't really describe what effect especially at a Wrestlemania that has on you so let's kick off the top 10 Wrestlemania matches Okay, what, I know you're saying, ring announcer Sean Beckerman, host Sean Beckerman, where, what's your criteria for having a great WrestleMania match? Well, you could say, was the match considered great at the time? Did the match stand the test of time? Was there a great interest in the match prior to it happening? Did it meet those expectations? Did the match change the business in any way? Did it create any special WrestleMania moment? So all of these matches on the list have met several, if not all of this criteria to really classify it as a wrestle a great WrestleMania match. We'll kick things off with one of my personal favorites, if not my most favorite WrestleMania match of all time, the submission match between Brett the Hitman Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin from WrestleMania 13. These men had been feuding for several months with Bret Hart as the face and Steve Austin as the heel. After this match, the roles of both men had become reversed. We'll talk more about this in the stories of WrestleMania. This was an incredibly brutal contest which saw Steve suffer a major cut at the time when bleeding and well which caused it to bleed and it was so unseen in the World Wrestling Federation at the time, the way the blood was cascading. We saw it in the NWA with Ric Flair many times, those blood baths, but not to that extent in the World Wrestling Federation up to date, especially in the 90s. Even though he lost, Steve Austin's performance was so impressive that this match turned him into the number one star in the WWF. And like I'll mention coming up in the in the few weeks in WrestleMania month of March... The Attitude Era was born. I truly believe at this moment when Stone Cold Steve Austin passed out and lost to Bret Hart and walked out on his own volition, didn't want any help. The Stone Cold character was truly born on that night. The city of broad shoulders aptly hosted one of the toughest WrestleManias in history. This is brutal. A vicious fight. A Chicago street fight. 13 was anything but unlucky for the future of the WWE as a plethora of young superstars were about to break loose. This is Rocky Maivia's first WrestleMania event. Rocky Maivia reigning in his continental champion who was named by you. 
the new sensation of the year. The future People's Champ gave a glimpse of the electrifying presence that would one day dazzle the squared circle. Later that night, a grueling submission match solidified a Hall of Fame resume. All hell is breaking loose here between Austin and the Hitman. This is a war at WrestleMania. But the sweat and blood a rattlesnake spilled marked the beginning of a whole new attitude in the WWE. 18,000 fans chanting Austin, Austin. That's a testament of that man's guts and the admiration these fans have gained for this man here tonight. In the main event, 13 brought good fortune to the man from the dark side. The end may be near! Tombstone! One! Two! He did it! This capacity crowd has come to WrestleMania 13 and witnessed The Undertaker taking his rightful place as champion! For The Undertaker, it was his first championship won at WrestleMania and his sixth straight WrestleMania victory, a streak that continues to today. The dark days have begun! From WrestleMania 3, of course, it's mentioned in the WrestleMania Dream Card, which you'll hear also this month, for the Intercontinental title, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Macho Man Randy Savage. This is a brief summary of why I believe it's one of the greatest matches. I'll go into much more detail. Listen to it on the WrestleMania Dream Card. Plug, plug, plug. On the night that the main event featured the most anticipated match ever, these two men stole the show. This match is arguably the greatest match in the career of Macho Man Randy Savage. Without a doubt, the best match that Ricky Steamboat had in the WWE. A few months prior to the match, Savage injured Steamboat's throat by using the ring bell on it. Steamboat came out for revenge and figured the best way to get Savage back was to take his title. To say The Undertaker's not intimidating is obviously not true. There's an aura, there's a mystique, there's a mystery, there's a darkness. 6'10", close to 300 pounds dressed in all black. His accomplishments and his tenure in the WWE speak for themselves, but The Undertaker's best asset is the streak. There's some kind of barrier about the streak that I think plays in The Undertaker's advantage. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors with him there's a lot of distractions if you allow yourself to get sucked into it you've got to stay focused you've got to keep your eye on the task at hand and that's sometimes very challenging to do when it comes to the undertaker Undertaker at WrestleMania just takes on a life of its own. You've got the Phenom standing in front of you, which is hard enough. And then you've got this legendary streak. At times it seems too much to handle. Undertaker, never been beat at the absolute biggest show in sports entertainment. You're going to hang on to that like grim death. 
I don't know if it's ever going to be broken. He's got absolutely everything on the line, everything to fight for. So yeah, defeating The Undertaker at WrestleMania is the hardest thing you're going to do. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, the first encounter from WrestleMania 25. Unlike the prior matches discussed, it this wasn't about a title or a personal vendetta. As a matter of fact, the two barely touched each other in the weeks leading up to the show. All this match featured was two of the all-time best putting on a match that lived up to the legacy of their Hell in a Cell battle back in 1997. Shawn Michaels lived up to his name of Mr. WrestleMania as one of his matches once again stole the show at WrestleMania. As far as The Undertaker, go- as far as the Undertaker goes... He continued his winning ways at WrestleMania as he increased his undefeated WrestleMania streak to 17 at the time. In the process, these two future Hall of Famers, now Shawn Michaels a Hall of Famer, at the time active competitors, put on the greatest non-title, non-stipulation match one could have ever seen. I was at the edge of my seat throughout the entire match. My wife saw how excited I was. At a wrestling match, she didn't. That's the first time she really saw me get excited over a wrestling match. She usually sees me either anticipate the conclusion or not get too excited. She saw me at the edge of my seat. I was a little kid again watching HBK and The Undertaker. We are down to two men. Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker. One of these men are going to WrestleMania. like you and me we're cut from the same cloth we thrive on competition we thrive on finding out who the better man really is i'm taking this opportunity right now to challenge you the undertaker and the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels one-on-one what do you say big man Through the years, there have been many dragons who try and lay siege to my kingdom. And one by one, they all suffer the same fate. Painful defeat. No matter what the odds, the heartbreak gets Shawn Michaels, the showstopper is back! He is a living legend, the Phenom, as bad as they come, a dangerous, violent, vicious is a doormat for absolutely nobody. Despite all the accolades, we have never had the chance to go to the biggest stage of them all against Mr. WrestleMania. Two of the greatest legends in the history of this business. Two Hall of Famers. Perhaps the biggest stars in the history of the WWE. Best. 
WrestleMania 3 for the WWF title Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. This was the most anticipated match in wrestling history. Over 90,000 fans packed the Pontiac Silverdome to witness this event and this match is generally considered one of the events that helped create the pay-per-view industry. The undefeated quote-unquote Andre the Giant almost won the match a few seconds into it. The match ended after Hulk Hogan body-slammed Andre, a move that most fans have never even believed was possible to do, and has become the iconic moment, one of the most iconic moments in WrestleMania history. The irresistible force against the immovable object. Gorilla Monsoon captured it perfectly. moment of just the first Wrestlemania was such a mind-boggling thing to me at that time it was like the first global entity I loved wrestling prior to that but wrestling always seemed small nobody really knew much about it Wrestlemania came along and everybody was talking about it it was like listening to the rock band before they hit it big enjoy it folks the wrestling extravaganza of all time Wrestlemania I was a fan to the point where I didn't understand why everybody didn't get it. WrestleMania put that into a mindset of everybody should get this now. It was the greatest form of entertainment in the world. The electricity is unbelievable! It's the moment that it became household name in every way, shape, or form, and it's, it's what allowed the Hogans and the Ultimate Warriors and the Bret Harts and the Shawn Michaels and the Stone Cold Steve Austins and the Rocks and everybody that's been in this business, that's the moment that allowed them to have that platform. I mentioned their first encounter, the second encounter between the Phenom and the Heartbreak Kid, Mr. WrestleMania Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 26. Streak versus career. After having a match that won the 2009 Match of the Year award for many people, many analysts and and fans, marks, smarks, editors, reporters, called that match their Match of the Year in 2009. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker had a WrestleMania rematch that more than lived up to its lofty expectations. Unlike the year before, there was more than just pride on the line. Shawn Michaels put his career on the line for the chance to be the man to finally end The Undertaker's undefeated streak. Unfortunately, Shawn lost and was forced to retire. He can also take solace in the fact that for the third year in a row, his match at WrestleMania won Many People's Match of the Year awards. This match, I'd say, didn't have me as much on the edge of my seat as their first encounter. One, because I was expecting a great match. Even though I knew the first time they'd have a good match, I didn't realize it to be as good as it was actually as it was actually happening. I didn't expect it to be as great and as dramatic. So this match, don't get me wrong, was great. I think I enjoyed the build to this match more than the first match because it started four or five months earlier. You can really look back to even a year earlier when Shawn Michaels lost the first time. He looked so so rejected, so upset, so 
withdrawn from that loss. Like it was really eating him up inside. And the build for the second match was great. The Undertaker refusing to take him on again. Shawn Michaels begging, pleading, leading into the Royal Rumble, trying to get his last shot to take on the Undertaker, who was champion at the time. So what? He doesn't win the Rumble. So what was the best way to get back at the Undertaker? to get him to want to face him, cost him the championship, which he did, and the match was set. Great match. Even better build-up. The showstopper, Mr. WrestleMania. WrestleMania 10, ladder match, HBK's coming out party. Shawn Michaels from high above. Unbelievable. WrestleMania 11, Diesel and HBK. HBK shows that he can carry the load. WrestleMania 12... I get my chance. The boyhood dream has come true. WrestleMania 14 with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Shawn Michaels and Mike Tyson are fixed to tie it up. It's over. WrestleMania 19, holy cow, I'm back. There's a whole hell of a lot of fight left in Shawn Michaels. WrestleMania 20. I can't believe I'm in the main event. No one possesses any more will than Shawn Michaels. I can promise you that. Angle and HBK deliver on expectations. Boy, only at WrestleMania will you see a match like that. WrestleMania 22, comfortable. No anxiety. There's only one HBK, and nobody over the years has proven to be more resilient. WrestleMania 23, I never thought I'd be in that place again. Is there anything left that these two men have not left in the ring tonight? WrestleMania 24, honored. My God, how intense is this? Bittersweet. It is Mr. WrestleMania that Ric Flair wanted here tonight. WrestleMania 24, the career-threatening match between Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. I was there in Orlando to witness this unbelievable event. The whole weekend was so great from Ric Flair's induction to his final match in the WWE. Yes, Ric Flair the night before was inducted into the Hall of Fame, but his celebration didn't last long because he, if he lost to Shawn, then his career would be over. In a sport, I'll say sport, that usually does a bad job at ending careers with a fitting finale. This match provided the greatest ending to the career of arguably the greatest professional wrestler the world has ever seen. The most famous moment of this match was the ending when Shawn mouthed the words, I'm sorry, I love you, before ending the career of one of his idols. We're not going to mention Ric Flair wrestling in TNA. I don't count that. It shouldn't be counted. I wish he never wrestled in TNA ever again. Or I wish you never I never saw him put on the trunks again. You can't tell a person they he can't wrestle, but at the same time it was such a fitting ending. So so emotional. I cried tears, especially the night after at Raw, that celebration. Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, great match. And who will forget that spot of of Shawn Michaels doing that mo- that moonsault off the top rope to the outside and landing his stomach right on the commentator's table. Oh, the, the booth was smashed, and you felt the pain from Shawn Michaels from that move. Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest matches of all time in WrestleMania history.
in this ring again. I'm not sad about not wrestling. You should rejoice in the fact that I have had the greatest wrestling career in the history of pro wrestling. Rejoice in the fact that I have wrestled in front of more fans, raised more hell, had more fun, and loved all of you every day of my life. I want to thank you for the memories, and most of all, thank you all for making me who I am today. that want to say thank you if you think that the millions of people watching on TV are the only ones that want to say thank you well then my friend you've got another thing coming so here I am with my thoughts from the bottom of my heart I love you man there are a few other people that wanted to say thank you too Stoic faces when I think of you And how I once believed WrestleMania 6. I was there at home. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't in Toronto. At the edge of my seat on the couch. The little boy wearing his Hulkamania gear watching Hulk Hogan take on the Ultimate Warrior, the WWF title versus the Intercontinental title. Both titles on the line. The first time I truly cried at a wrestling match when I saw Hogan lose the title to the Ultimate Warrior. This match was the first time in the Hulkamania era that Hulk Hogan lost a match cleanly. Both men entered and left the ring as fan favorites that day. This match was the passing of the torch from the era of Hulkamania to the era 
of The Ultimate Warrior. By 1990, WrestleMania had become global. Originally a festive fusion of Western culture, it had become a full-blown worldwide celebration. WrestleMania VI was the first to physically cross international boundaries. Skydome in Toronto, Canada was the scene. That's the pressure of wrestling in WrestleMania as the world is watching. It certainly Everyone is. Everyone is watching. 67,678 citizens of the world gathered to bear witness to yet another historic event. It's terrific. It's the best of athletics and theater. I've never seen anything so exciting. And a giant graced us with his immense presence in the ring one final time. WrestleMania is the ultimate international happening. WrestleMania 6 was the stage for the ultimate challenge. Champion against champion, title for title. This is what has brought 68,000 strong here to the Sky Dome, and they are ready. They've been cheering for the Hulkster. They've been cheering for the Warrior. What a confrontation. The Ultimate Warrior was a shooting star personified, and this is where he burned brightest. Here it is! Oh, he moved out of the way! Look out, the big splash! One, two, he got him! He got him! We have a new World Wrestling Federation champion, the Ultimate Warrior! Now seen in more than 60 countries and translated into 16 languages, this global phenomenon transcends the boundaries of language, culture, and borders. WrestleMania. The Intercontinental Title Ladder Match at WrestleMania 10. The Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. Again, Shawn Michaels shows up on this list. Unbelievable, right? Two Undertaker matches. We have the match against none other than the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. And now the match between Razor Ramon. Four times so far, HBK is on this list. You can't doubt this superstar and the impact he made on me, not only me, but the rest of the professional wrestling world. Very rarely can one say that a match changed the wrestling business, but this one did just that. The latter match was so entertaining that a whole new style of wrestling was created that has seen wrestlers take unbelievable risks with their bodies. The story of this match was that Shawn Michaels had been stripped of the Intercontinental Championship, and Razor Ramon wound up winning the vacant title. Both men claimed to be the real champion, and this match would determine who was right. Both titles were up there for grabs. Razor Ramon will go on to win this match to keep the title and end the controversy. But this match will forever be known as setting the standard for ladder matches, TLC matches, hardcore matches going forward, and it definitely stole the show that night at WrestleMania 10. The retirement match between the Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man Randy Savage from WrestleMania 7. The Warriors reign as WWE slash WWF champion 
ended due to the interference of Randy Savage in his title match against Sergeant Slaughter at the Royal Rumble a few months earlier. Both men put their careers on the line in this match. This was a great match that saw both men's careers in severe jeopardy. As great as this match was, the events that unfolded after the match were even better. After being apart for nearly two years, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth reunited. Because of this, or because of his forced retirement, Randy Savage had the time to marry Miss Elizabeth at SummerSlam. I remember this one event or one moment at WrestleMania being so special because my dad, we recorded on VHS, he brought it to over a friend's house to show them this one moment because it was so emotional, so great. And one of the best matches that the Warrior ever had that Randy Savage was, Randy Savage was able to pull out of the Ultimate Warrior. Those unrelenting, unstoppable Elbow drops. He would not stop. Kept on going up to the top. Randy Savage with elbow drop after elbow drop will always be in, in, embedded in my mind as one of the best moments in WrestleMania history. And who cannot forget the TLC match at WrestleMania 17? Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, and the Hardy Boys. This match represents an example of the creativity and risks that wrestlers started to take with a ladder that was spawned on by the match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon that I mentioned earlier. These same teams fought the year before in just a ladder match. This match saw the addition of tables and chairs, and each of them had a person interfering for them in this match. Of course, you had Spike, you had Lita, and you had Rhino. Edge hitting the spear off the ladder onto Jeff Hardy, who was dangling in midair, is the single most visually stunning move in the history of the event. And now we'll see plenty of that shot once again when we see Edge being inducted to the Hall of Fame. Just like the year prior, Edge and Christian walked out of the match as World Tag Team Champions. Sure, that will end our list, our quote-unquote list of the best matches, or the greatest matches, but who can who cannot forget some honorable mentions? And to not shoot the messenger, we're just looking back at ten great matches. I'm sure we could rotate other matches that I missed as some of the greatest of all time. Who could not forget the Iron Man match between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Unforgettable, right? Tremendous event. Tremendous match. Owen versus Bret at WrestleMania 10. A great match. Who cannot forget about that encounter? So there have been other great matches that you can fit into the category of the top 10 greatest of all time. 
And now, the WrestleMania recall. The undisputed championship on the line here at WrestleMania 18. And the big question here is just how bad is the game's left leg? I believe that to be the big story of this match. And Jericho quickly looking to exploit that injury. The walls of Jericho! Triple H is screaming! How much longer can the challenger endure this? It's got to be raw guts he's running off because he cannot know where he is. Jericho getting the game in the pedigree position. What is that? And the game. Powerful to Jericho. He ran on turn back on his feet. Oh, the pedigree. The pedigree. That's a hustle of money. Can he? Yes. Yes. The game has become the undisputed champion. That was the WrestleMania recall. So let's flip things up, or flip things around, should I say, and look at a complete 180 at the worst matches in WrestleMania history. Bret Hart versus Bob Backlund. I quit match at WrestleMania 11. Okay, this match wasn't really an absolute train wreck or anything like that. Let's, let's, not, let's not lie here. It was just sort of there. This was an ideal match for uh, a mania because it was a feud ender, not a feud starter. But you want to see things settle at mania, not begin. The Hart Backlund feud had been raging. You, you can't deny that. Since the previous summer, when Backlund snapped and attacked Hart with his deadly crossface chicken wing, the this feud rattled on throughout the rest of the year. With the help of Owen and a white towel, Backlund managed to win the WWF title from Hart in the fall, and now these two expert grapplers were going to meet in a submission match. There were just a few problems here. Backlund was never really a dazzler, you could say. Roddy Piper was named the loudmouth ref, and this match was deemed an I quit match. Hart and Backlund didn't just have to submit to lose. They had to say the words, I quit, into a microphone. So there Piper was. Anytime any submission hold was applied, armbar, headlock, you name it, with the mic in their faces. What'd you say, huh? Backlund, do you quit? What'd you say? He wouldn't shut up. I love Piper, but he (laughs) would stop. All of a sudden, it wasn't concentrating on what, you know, you weren't concentrating on watching a match, but more so concentrating on pouring liquid plumber in your ears to drown out Piper shrieking, or finding the nearest bathroom to run into, just just to stop hearing what you say. And could the saying, and could the saying the words "I quit" stipulation have been any more clear? So how did Backlund lose by screaming into the mic? Ay 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 ay. What a great ending for the Backlund Hart submission match. Our next one, I was there to live and in person to witness this beauty, this gem. The Undertaker versus the Big Boss Man. So, fans have witnessed many Hell in the Cell matches. Sometimes they can be drawn out and boring. Kennel in the Cell, to name one. So, you need, for me, when you have two lumbering competitors, you would like a short elimination, or excuse me, a Hell in the Cell match. 
So, what what do you think is going to happen when you put the Big Boss Man and the Undertaker inside a Hell in a Cell? Yeah, carnage. Yeah, I would not think someone being hung or hanged at the end of it. Of course, you could say the Undertaker and Mania go hand in hand as unbelievable, unforgettable moments. This was not one of them for great quality. This moment may be remembered with seeing the boss man hanging there, but this match was not one to want to remember as one of the great WrestleMania streak wins for the Undertaker. There was no heat going into it, and it was part of the whole there is there are no good guys or bad guys thing that the WWE were trying out to see if it worked, the shades of gray that Vince Russo loves. The Undertaker was playing out his whole Ministry of Darkness thing, and the boss man was one of Vince's corporation goons. And then came the end, of course, which, which I mentioned, which was supposed was supposed to hit us all with its outrageous shock appeal. The boss man hanged to death. Murder on TV. This moment of mayhem was brought to you by Mountain Dew. I don't know. Edge, Christian, and Gangrel came down and helped their Dark Lord put a noose around the boss man. I remember just seeing, I, I was wondering, what were the, those ropes dangling coming down towards the, the cell? And then I see Edge, Gangrel, and Christian, who didn't look all too comfortable to be hanging and dropping down from the ceiling, but nevertheless they came down to help put a noose around the boss man. And, you know, it, I could tell you, it was uncomfortable for to watch it, but you have to wonder how uncomfortable it would have been for boss man to have to wrestle in a suspension harness and then be hung there and lay there pretending to be dead. Awkward moment, and not one of the greatest in the streaks history, which we'll get into in another WrestleMania B2B episode. Andre the Giant winning the 20-man battle royal at WrestleMania 2. Big men have a strange role in wrestling fans. They have to dominate, but no one really wants to see them dominate, really. They love to see them get upset and beaten by the smaller guys. We saw the Big Show do it tons of times. And not just the weak guys like Rey Mysterio, but just the normal-sized giants in wrestling like Cena or the Hulkster. Andre was already a bonafide legend by that time, and when Mania 2 rolled around, and at this point he was pretty much winding down his career, they threw him into this battle royal to gain some star appeal or star exposure in the match. Wrestling in 86 was still a few years off from becoming an athletic spectacle. It had its moments, but battle royals like this one tended to be just a bunch of sway guys, big guys, could be fat from different body sizes, punching each other. There weren't many spots going on throughout those type of battle royals, and seeing Andre win the thing, knowing he was going to win going into the match was just a big letdown. The big guy, who's the favorite, isn't really supposed to be the actual favorite. At this point, the WWE slash WWF was just throwing him bone, giving him the spotlight of winning the Battle Royal, and it kind of set him up. Looking back at it, maybe set him up nicely for WrestleMania three. but again, not a, a momentous... You maybe had celebrities in there, which made it memorable, but not a great match because you had such uh, immature or... Uh, novice workers inside the ring. And then, of course, (laughs) 
I like the end of the match actually when the Hart Foundation were attacking Andre and just were <laughs> didn't get anywhere and of course he threw Bret Hart out onto Jim the Anvil Nightheart for Andre to take the victory. Goldust versus Hot Rod Rowdy Roddy Piper in the Hollywood Backlot Brawl from WrestleMania 12. Awkward to say the least. When will the WWE ever be able to hold a pay-per-view in LA and not try to pretend like they're coming to you live directly from a cat house in the heart of Hollywood or a hooker's den? Moving pictures, movie stars, fat cat producers with cell phones, and this media wasn't even in LA or LA County for that matter. It was in the OC in Anaheim. But let's just pretend the card was being held in LA to keep that like keep the topic here, okay? Yes, the logo was made to look like 20th Century Fox, giving again that movie feel. What else was LA famous for in 96, right? Oh, wait, that's right. OJ and his white Bronco Chase. I don't get me wrong, fans. I really like Goldust back when he debuted and when he hit the scene in the WWF in the mid-90s. Very innovative. I loved it. People like Monsters and Freaks in wrestling, of course, and the best thing that anyone could ask for is having a different character take a hold and become an innovative part in professional wrestling. Everyone loves innovative characters. Goldust was just that. This match, well, it wasn't even a match. It was just a running fight that took place over several segments. When it finally did get to the ring, it was decent. The whole thing started on a Hollywood quote-unquote movie set. But then Goldie jumped in his gold Cadillac and took off, making Piper chase him in his Bronco. And then the WWF would intermittently cut to the freeway chase going on between Piper and Goldust. See, the WWF is with it. They know, you know, they know what's going on. They even interrupted the Steve Austin Savio Vega oh dream match to watch this freeway chase. Again trying to play off OJ. They interrupted a match, fans. In progress to just show this chase. After Goldust you know, had settled and the whole thing wound up leaving an unsettling macho let's pummel the freaky guy who's different vibe to it. Once that finished, you still felt unsettled. The match ended, of course, with Goldust being ripped off his, his golden outfit and to see a negligee drag queen outfit underneath. I liked the Goldust character. I didn't like the this little added. They didn't have to do a transve- transvestite type of thing underneath. I liked the innovative character that Goldust was in general. To me, that wasn't needed. And uh, that was a little too freaky to be a WrestleMania moment, in my opinion. Mentioned earlier in this edition, Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow for, from WrestleMania 11. Okay. You could say this is breaking the rules since most of us knew this match would stink, right? But it was the main event. The main event, fans. This match followed the actual WF title match between HBK and Diesel. Matches with pro athletes are always going to be easy targets. Refrigerator Perry, Mond, uh, Steve, Mongo McMichael, of course. 
But this one just felt wrong. It also certainly didn't help matters that people didn't give a crap about football. They were watching WrestleMania. I love football. I do the jetpack. But a lot of wrestling fans don't really care about football. Or don't care about football while they're watching WrestleMania. I like LT. I'm a Jet fan. I like LT because I still root for the Giants when the Jets aren't in it. A New York fan. Go go team except for the Yankees. I digress. We'll get into that another time. But, you know, some wrestling fans don't like football. You know, a lot of Canadians don't like football. They have the CFL, but they're not huge football fans as they are in America. Yes, the NFL is the number one sport in America. But when you're at WrestleMania, you're not really there just to see football stars battle, are you? And this capped mania. And who could forget Salt and Peppa? What a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. WrestleMania 9. We saw The Undertaker take on Giant Gonzalez. Alright, it's time to have a bit of a clarification session to this portion of Beyond the Bell. We love The Undertaker's Mania Streak, right? We'll, we're even going to focus whole show on it. But for years and years, including his matches at WrestleMania, Taker was in for some horrible matches. Horrible. Most of the 19 wins he had, or a good portion, were dreadful to watch at times. Taker versus Bundy. Oh, my goodness. So bad. Taker versus Jake. Eh. Boss Man. We, we talked about it, of course. Sid Snuka. Even the return to the Deadman gimmick at Mania 20 against Kane was a rushed seven-minute letdown for fans. But let's go back to his one little hiccup in the winning streak. Yes, he did beat Giant Gonzalez, but by disqualification. After the 70-foot-tall Giant... (laughs) Yeah, the 7-foot-tall Giant decided to resort to using chloroform. What giant wrestler uses chloroform? To be fair, The Undertaker is usually exponentially more talented than the dudes or other monsters, competitors, superstars he had to feud with in the early 90s. You know, of course, Gonzalez, Kamala, Bundy. He tried his best, but not even sweet, fancy Moses could have had a good match with Giant Gonzalez. I don't think Kurt Angle could have pulled one out. Who was none other than ex-star El Gigante, that I love saying on WCW 101. He was dressed up like Sasquatch. Will the Beast. Chewbacca. Uh, sorry. This match was so boring that even the birds flew over Caesar's palace upside down. I thought you guys liked that from the Elite Force podcast. That's right, because this match was so terrible, so boring, it was so sloppy, and we just like to forget about it and just call it a win for The Undertaker. Hulk Hogan versus Sid Justice, WrestleMania 8. Another bad, bad main event. The main problem with this one, Sid and his backstage threats of kicking out of Hogan's leg drop. That's right, Sid did not want to go down to the Hogan finish, and his manager, Harvey Whippleman, knew it. What followed was a typical big man Hogan match. A quote-unquote big man Hogan match. With a blink 
or you will miss its botched finish that sees Harvey climb up on the apron because he knows Sid might no-sell the leg drop. And he does. Sid powers out of the pin attempt, but Hogan tries to cover it up by pretending that he himself broke the pin attempt to go and take care of Whoopleman, who was climbing through the ropes. As soon as Hogan went to pin Sid, Whippleman knew he might have to do something. Watch him get right up on that apron. And so we got a DQ finish for a manager who just stepping through the ropes in the main event of WrestleMania. The end was even stranger, wrestling fans, because it saw Sid and Papa Shango beat down Hogan, who would then be saved by the Ultimate Warrior, the returning Ultimate Warrior, who was making his first return to the WWF after getting booted by McMahon for holding the previous summer's SummerSlam hostage by threatening to no-show unless he was paid extra money. So here's Shango, who's in the main event spotlight as a top villain, who would he would subsequently become... Well, would he subsequently become a top villain? No. Would he and Sid form an alliance? Nope. He was just there to beat up Hogan. Just for kicks, fans. Just for the sake of it. Terrible main event match. That's all I gotta say. Demolition versus Tenru and Kitao. WrestleMania 7. The match was as terrible as me even announcing the names in the match. This one actually breaks some rules as well when looking at worst matches. This was a totally random match that was just awful beyond words. It had the bad timing and awkwardness of a freshman or middle school, junior high school dance. Or a job interview. Or an hernia exam. Or prostate exam. You name it. Any uncomfortable moment, colonoscopy, you name it, that's what this match was. The WWF at the time had little to no precedent for working with famous Japanese stars. And then in comes out of the wild blue yonder, out of the blue, out of nowhere, the legendary Tenru and his giant no-selling partner. His partner was a former sumo star that was doing a wrestling stint and pretty much hated the entire sport. I'd say go on YouTube and check and look for his infamous no-sell match against Earthquake, where he just basically refused to wrestle a pro wrestling match and then got on the mic and told the crowd in Japanese that pro wrestling was fake and worthless. This was just a bad, bad thing to behold. Bad idea. Be sure to watch... go, Go back and watch this terrible display from WrestleMania and the Earthquake match. And... And you'll hear Heenan. It's, I'm just thinking, Heenan, with the call for the ages, I smell Kikoman. You know, because they're Japanese. Get it? Terrible. I have nothing. It, the show took a little dive there. But it fits. We're talking about the worst matches. All right, let's go right to Jake Roberts versus Rick Martel. Blindfold match from WrestleMania 7. This was one of the feuds where you have to side with the heel here. Because it really was all just a misunderstanding, right? On the Brother Love show, Martel accidentally sprayed his perfume, Arrogance, which was sold conveniently in a bug poison spray pump into Jake Roberts' eyes, blinding him. Anyone who watched the segment could see that it kind of was an accident, 
Martel looked shocked afterwards and a little upset. But this was the black and white, good and bad era. Monsoon was dead set on telling everyone for months that Martel was a creep who did it on purpose. And all they really had to do was make Martel not apologize, and he was the villain of the piece. The villain of the feud. They did something very similar recently. I think it was it was in TNA with Robert Roode. It was a couple of years ago, I think. And Booker T, where it was clear from anyone watching that Roode didn't mean to hit Charmel, but he got portrayed as this evil villain. They do it to this very day, you'll still see it. Incidences with Vicky Guerrero. Enter the blindfold match, or see through the black hood over your head match, you can call it. There's literally nothing wrong or nothing worse at a WrestleMania than two guys in the ring doing absolutely nothing. Even inherent charisma of the of these two couldn't save this one. These two were talented. Jake Roberts, one of the greatest performers of all time. Rick Martel, another great superstar. They couldn't even help this match. It might as well have been a blindfold with a ring full of banana peels and mousetraps match. There was really nothing... There wasn't really hardly any reaction until Jake managed to knock Martel out with the DDT. That's over eight minutes of stumbling around. We really recently saw another blindfold match with Santino and Drew McIntyre. As we're wrapping up our worst of picks of WrestleMania, what a great way to cap it off than with Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg from WrestleMania 20. Did they really just not care because both of them were leaving the WWE right after the match was over? Did they both agree ahead of time to just stand there for six minutes and do nothing? This one gets to cap off our show because it has the biggest gap in hype versus actual outcome. It was Goldberg versus Lesnar. This was supposed to be huge. A true WrestleMania match. This should have been a really great match. Two huge guys that don't give a damn about the business and who like to hurt people for real. It's a dream scenario. When you look back at the match, wasn't that bad, but the elements of the two superstars leaving, the fans knowing, the smart fans of New York, they took over this crowd. And we'll go more in depth at the stories of WrestleMania Edition. Can you imagine if this match was halfway decent? Not wasn't bad. You know, don't get me wrong. WrestleMania 20 would have been the best Mania hands down. It had the potential to be. Were these two guys afraid of each other? Were they secretly... Did they secretly want to ruin the match on purpose? Were they both refusing to wrestle due to the crowd? I think it was the crowd that really got under their skins. Did they both resent the fact that they were both getting a stunner after the final bell? Did they actually think that mad-dogging each other for five minutes would actually build tension or anticipation and add drama to the match. Austin did his best to try to rein these two superstars, these mammoths, in, but at one point he even made a bent arm checking his watch gesture, much to the delay of the crowd. After about nine minutes, these two stars were engaging in something that looked like an actual match. And... They ended with Goldberg, of course, winning. They knew Lesnar was parting, going to pursue other things before UFC was trying to go try out for the NFL. 
You know, and we knew Goldberg was wrapping up his year with WWE, was which was a great disappointment. And we could just sit back and think what could have been. The crowd took over this match and created one of the worst matches in WrestleMania history. Because sure, we saw many other worse, technically fumbled matches or technically poor matches, but this match goes down as one of the worst because of the potential that it had. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling fans, it's time to thank our sponsors of the Beyond the Bell podcast. Stitcher is a leading mobile audio company that provides a revolutionary media service which allows audio content to be easily aggregated, organized, and shared on mobile devices. It features the most up-to-date and relevant content in business, sports, politics, entertainment, and current events from the media industry's premier content providers. By focusing on the growing market for mobile content distribution, Stitcher works to provide an innovative platform for listening to audio content on the go. You can download the Stitcher app on all smartphones via the Android Market and the iTunes App Store. Stitcher, now streaming innovative audio. The SNS Radio Network provides daily audio programming that covers professional wrestling and sports entertainment. All produced by JJ Allcap Sexy, shows include Wrestling News Live, The Pro Wrestling Rewind, Unplugged with JJ Sexy, and of course, the flagship of the SNS Radio Network, Sunday Night Showdown. The SNS Radio Network is streamed at Justin.tv, AudioWrestling.com, SNSRadioNetwork.com, Skype, and Google Voice. Basically, if you're not listening, you're not trying. Squared Circle Media. Jerome Willen provides Squared Circle Media to all pro wrestling fans. Squared Circle Media was designed to contain exclusive audio and video content. Squared Circle Media is proud to make episodes of Beyond the Bell and other pro wrestling audio content available to wrestling fans around the world. Pro Wrestling Ringside Radio contains news stories with analysis and opinions. And it is designed to be interactive by encouraging other fans to submit their own views of the top pro wrestling news stories. Pro wrestling fans are encouraged to send in their thoughts from Live Raw, SmackDown, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and other independent wrestling events held around the globe. You can find all content from Squared Circle Media at www.squaredcirclemedia.net. Ringannouncing.com is the official website of ring announcer Sean Beckerman. This is where you will find video, audio, and the latest schedule for the future of ring announcing. That's www.ringannouncing.com. All videos are streamed at the YouTube channel, also labeled Ring Announcing. The Jetpack. Hosts Sean Beckerman and Frank Zintel bring you The Jetpack, the brand new podcast dedicated to the New York Jets. The Jetpack airs every week during the New York Jets regular season. Each show will discuss last week's game, the game plan for next week, and much more. It includes audio and comments from Jets players and staff, courtesy of NewYorkJets.com. You can find all archive shows at jetpack.libsyn.com and on iTunes. The Jetpack has blasted off fans. If you are interested in advertising on Beyond the Bell, email us at btbwrestling at gmail.com and in the title type advertising. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution 
It's go time. WrestleMania fans, that will wrap things up for this special edition of Beyond the Bell as our WrestleMania month kicks off. The best and worst of WrestleMania was recapped in this special episode. Remember, the entire month of March will feature 10 hours of Beyond the Bell audio, over 10 hours, 10 episodes featuring WrestleMania-themed topics. Like we mentioned, the best and worst of Mania, like this edition. WrestleMania facts and stats. Macho Mania. The WrestleMania Dream Card. The Horseman Files 1986 edition. The stories of WrestleMania. We'll look back at my specific WrestleMania moments. We look back at the streak of WrestleMania. Not to mention, we look back and celebrate the inductees for the 2012 Hall of Fame. And of course, the WrestleMania 28 preview as we look ahead to Miami, Florida, Rock versus Cena. All this in the month of March, WrestleMania month, here at Beyond the Bell via the SNS Radio Network. Social networking. Follow me on Twitter at Sean Beckerman. Like on like us on Facebook, the the Beyond the Bell podcast. Pro wrestling nostalgia at its finest. Follow us on Facebook or like us on fa- Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Also go to www.ringannouncing.com where you'll find our latest updated schedules for my ring announcing and broadcasting. Any updates on any uploads to YouTube, our YouTube channel, which is Ring Announcing, as well as any news coming up for Ring Announcer and host Sean Beckerman of Beyond the Bell. Also, questions, comments, and hate mail, send at btbwrestling at gmail.com. Wrestling fans, that will wrap things up for the special best and worst edition of WrestleMania. We'll finish things off with our old school theme of the week, which of course will be WrestleMania themed. And we mentioned one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time to be WrestleMania 17. And the theme song was great as well, My Way by Limp Biscuit, which capped off the Stone Cold Steve Austin rock feud, which was the main event at WrestleMania 17. So I'll see you in just a few short days as we continue on with our 10 episodes in the month of March for WrestleMania month, and I'll see you at the matches. You're special, special, you do. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it when you laugh at me. Look down on me and walk around on me. Just one.